Meeting Gun Pun. Listening to Girls Gone Wad. Good, 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 wad. And I'm Addie. I'm Addie. And I'm Becky. I'm you, Becky. Yeah. And we're from. I'm Minnesota. Minnesota. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 237. This week we, we interviewed Melissa and Amber from The Good Kitchen. And as you guys know, we've been working with them for a while, thegoodkitchen.com. Um, they talked a lot about how they started this business. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, I love that this, this podcast ended up being a little bit more about entrepreneurship and female entrepreneurs. And uh, we definitely do go into, you know, what sets The Good Kitchen apart and how the fact that we freaking love every single good kitchen meal we've ever eaten. But um, this is really the story of how they started this business and the challenges and excitement of being an entrepreneur and about being a female entrepreneur. And they are just such badasses and just like kicking ass and taking names and making their way, making their mark on this, the uh, pre-packaged meal industry and on the health food industry. And it's just really exciting to hear them talk about it. Yeah, we had a great time and we both love this interview. So hope you guys enjoy it. And here's the episode. And don't forget, you can go to thegoodkitchen.com forward slash GGW, enter promo code GGW at checkout and receive 15% off your first order. If you want to support this business and give the food a try because it is delicious. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's just get started. So Amber and Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we, Claire and I talk about this all the time. Whenever we pimp the good kitchen, we're like, how do you guys do this? Like, how do you make it so good? And I was thinking about you guys today too, because I had a meal, of course. And um, anytime I make one of your meals, I just think about the process. So I think that's where I want to start is like, I think about like, how did this get made? And I just envision someone in their kitchen, just like lovingly making these meals and then like putting it together in this beautiful packaging. And then it's like in my microwave and I'm heating it up and I'm like, it's so delicious. So can you, (laughs) can you like just, um, humor me and tell me exactly how this first got started and then the process of like how you're putting these amazing meals together. Well, we actually have a bunch of grandmas in a kitchen with, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Love, love, love. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, It actually started in my kitchen. Um, I started doing like a Sunday supper because I would um, prep and go to the farmer's market on Saturday, do all my prep on Sunday. And then I would cook um, meals for the week for my husband and I. And then we started, you know, talking about this whole paleo thing and some folks at the gym became interested in the way that we were eating. And so I would have people over for Sunday supper. It's a Southern thing. And um, we would have dinner. And then one of my friends was like, hey, it would be amazing if you could just um, cook a little bit extra for me. I mean, you're already cooking for you and Carter. So I mean, it wouldn't be that much more work for you to cook for me, would it? And so she went to Costco and got some Tupperware and um, the rest is history there. And she told a friend and that friend told a friend at our gym. And so it really 
started very grassroots. I had no plans in getting into a uh, prepared meal business. Um, and it, you know, it really did start from there. And once kind of word got around the gym that I was doing this, um, I had to, you know, start following the rules and go find a health and health department inspected kitchen. And cause they frown upon you cooking meat and whatnot in your home kitchen <laughs> and packaging it for people. Um, so yeah, I went and rented, um, commercial kitchen space and, it was a very strange feeling to be cooking in a commercial kitchen. I had zero experience in it. Um, had to figure out how to turn on ovens and stoves turned on differently than my stove at home. And um, it was it was a big learning curve, but it was super fun. I had a lot of great support from friends and family and um, other folks that rented the commercial kitchen space to really get me get me going on the on the right path. But that's how it started. And the, uh, the idea of food before you started doing this, like what was your philosophy or your view on just nutrition and food? Well, um, so it actually started when, um, Melissa and I first met, we, um, she owned a CrossFit gym in Atlanta and, um, she had been trying to talk my husband and I into starting at the gym and they also had a boot camp program. And so she, she did talk us into doing the boot camp program. We started there and a big part of that program was the nutrition piece. And that was something that I had never really paid attention to, um, in my life. I mean, I was essentially a couch potato and I ate whatever I want. I was a small person and it just never occurred to me to worry about what I ate or to be active in the sense of going to a gym. And um, when we started boot camp, I couldn't believe how much better I felt. I was paying attention to what I was eating. I was tracking my nutrition because they had these log books that you had to show to the instructor every morning about what you ate. So if you had like you know, loaded cheese fries and a burger and five beers the night before (laughs) you had to like fess up to it. And, um, and so it really made us aware of what we were eating. And so we started with the zone um, diet, and we saw some really good um, benefits from that. And, um, but there was still something missing. And, you know, we would always joke around that we could zone really unhealthy food. It was just the amount that you were eating and putting the right components together. Um, And then Melissa actually had heard about this whole paleo thing. And um, we went um, actually on vacation one weekend and um, we ate paleo for the whole weekend. And my husband had no idea that that's what he was doing. And we came home and decided to really um, eat that way for 30 days and kind of see how we felt because we had heard from Melissa that, you know, they had seen really positive health benefits and really good gains in the gym. And so um, Carter and I were like, all right, let's, let's try this for 30 days. And we got home and I had always been like, even before paleo, I'd been pretty cognizant about the source of my proteins. And, you know, that was something that always mattered to me. Um, But that's about as far as I went with nutrition. And then once we started eating paleo, um, I wanted to, you know, really be cognizant of the fact that we weren't just going to, you know, a big box store and buying, you know, all the meat. And it was just like a big meat fest that we, you know, really paid attention to 
getting good whole foods, fruits and vegetables, um, good quality grass-fed pasture-raised meats. Um, and at the time, it was really hard to source that way. And, um, you know, we had to meet people like farmers from Tennessee and parking lots and <laughs> stuff like that to get these good quality proteins. Um, and so when when I started, originally the company was called Mod Paleo. And when I started Mod Paleo, it was really um, to show that it wasn't just about eating meat, vegetables, and fat. It was about the quality of the food and, and the sourcing of it. And so that's something that we've carried into the good kitchen as well, um, that it's the source of the food that we put in those trays that's ultimately, you know, the most important part of what we do. Um, and it's why it's so good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of care and love. I mean, there really is a lot of care and love that goes into, into those meals and, and getting the food in the trays. So I also want to know a little bit about your relationship with Melissa. So the two of you are BFFs and I'm just astounded as I'm listening to you talk, Amber, because I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this whole time, like, you, you know how you see this amazing company pop up and you're like, for sure, they're just like professional chefs and like, they've been doing this for years and years. And I just love when I'm totally just floored by the answer. And like, you were just like, I never really intended for this to happen. Because I just I think it's just <laughs> so meant to be when things like that take fruition. So mm -hmm. I want to know a little bit too about how you both inspired one another as this journey was going along. Um. I guess I can speak to that. Um, it's it's really funny. Amber and I, you know, like she mentioned, we've been friends for a really long time. And we've been talking shop and shop by shop, I mean business for a long time because we were both female business owners in different um, in different worlds, but still business owners. And we've, you know, learned that business is fairly the same no matter what industry you're in. And so we always had things to talk about, whether it was employees or accounting or, or whatever it was. And we've just, we've supported each other through, through, um, through the years, just kind of bouncing ideas around. And as we like to say, throwing the proverbial spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks kind of things. So, um, yeah, we've just, we've just really supported each other in that. And it's been awesome. I, I mean, I was actually uh, one of their first out-of-state clients. Um, I lived in Atlanta at the time, and I really needed – I mean, we all know how labor-intensive it is to eat clean and eat this way. So, you know, I was running out of time. I had a busy life, and I needed, I needed support. So I was like, please ship these things to me. I need them here in Atlanta. Because at that time, this was back in the olden days in 2000 and – I don't know, what was it, Amber? Nine, ten, something like that? I don't know. I can't even remember. Seems it was like a it. long time ago in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> Olden days. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, I mean, I know um, everyone's making these, you know, different kinds of meals now. But um, back in the day, there was nothing available. And um, so to have this resource was just really invaluable. So um, yeah, that was that was just incredible to have to have access to something like that. Um, and then um, I had, you know, just to kind of take your question further, um, I had a kind of some crazy life stuff happen to me um, and ended up, um, Amber was just a really amazing uh, resource and lived in Charlotte. And she and I over, you're, you're going to notice a theme in this, everything seems to kind of surround wine. So about one to one and a half bottles of wine in, I decided that I should move, pick up my, my little girl and move to Charlotte. So we did. And um, 
at, I had, I had sold the, the, um, the CrossFit gyms, um, a year previously and was just kind of looking for the next thing to do and had a few things going on. Um, but nothing was really panning out. And then another night occurred where we were supposed to go to a business networking event and literally the city of Charlotte shut down and basically the lights went out, the electricity went out. We couldn't get anywhere. We got stuck in this crazy traffic jam, which was just, it was very strange. So we just said, forget it. We're just going to go get some wine. <laughs> so Again, another bottle or almost two of wine. And we decided to become business partners <laughs> as you do. And, um, and so we just, you know, she was still mod paleo at the time. And we knew that the world was changing and that, um, we needed to, um, you know, rebrand to encompass a larger portion of the world. Um, we didn't want to, um, we wanted everybody to feel comfortable eating this food. Um, you know, just kind of like we were talking about in the beginning, like, you know, little grandmother's making it for you with love. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's how, um, that's how it happened. That's how we became, uh, partners of the good kitchen. I love that you, I love that you brought up the grandmas in the kitchen. Cause I was like, I really do picture that. Like I picture that when you guys, when I'm eating one of your meals, <laughs> um, talk a little bit about just, just cause I find it so interesting. Um, when I see things kind of explode and become successful and continue to grow is, um, kind of just feeding into the, the doubt that we all feel when we're starting something new. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you and how you worked through it as you were going along. Wow. Yeah. It, um, it's funny. It was almost like I blocked that whole like doubt thing out of my mind for the first year, because that was probably the only way that I could take this big of a leap (laughs) in doing this. Um, and I do have a pretty stubborn streak of like, if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm, I'm going to like, do my best to prove them wrong. Um, and I actually did when, when I had this idea, I was kind of talking to somebody and I was like, you know, what if I went and rented commercial space and I, you know, sourced everything, um, at the time I was sourcing everything super hyper local. Um, and I was like, you know, I get all this local produce and the local protein and I, you know, make these meals and, and I put them into containers for people and I deliver them to CrossFit gyms. And I had somebody actually laugh at me and it was a farmer of all people (laughs) like laughed at me and they were like, you can never do that. It would never be successful. And at the time I can see where the doubt was coming in because people weren't thinking about where their food was coming from. They were just eating, you know, whether it was, you know, a different diet or whatever they were doing, they just weren't considering the, where their food had come from and Charlotte had just gotten its like first like legit farmer's market and we're surrounded by all this rural land. And it's like, why, why is it so hard to get good food here? Um, And so, you know, it was about it after a year um, that, you know, you, you really do have to fight those um, I guess that fear of like, okay, I'm a year into this. It's been pretty successful on a local scale, but I want to make it bigger and I want to get more people better food. And I want more people to, to have access to this kind of food. Um, and every, I can tell you this, the past five years have flown by. Um, and really the past six years have flown by even, you know, switching over to the good kitchen. And it's always, it's been really interesting as we've kind of gone through this process that things, the changes that we've made and, and where we've gone with the company, it's always just kind of shown up and we've known that, that it's the right thing to do. 
Um, and it's, it's always, you know, on the back end of it, we've always been like, well, damn, I'm glad we did that. Cause that was awesome. Um, and so we've been really fortunate in, in where we've been and where we're going. Um, and I don't know, it's just, I've, I've almost had to become fearless in a way. Um, and, and not let those doubts creep in. And, and I think Melissa and I both do a lot of work around that through like exercise and meditation and, and all of that stuff, because they definitely, they, you know, it can get in your crawl, um, as Carter's grandmother would say. <laughs> I really love that saying. So you both have done entrepreneur, I guess you've both been in business. This is something you both have done for how long? Not with the good kitchen, but just overall. Um, I opened the um, opened the BTB CrossFit gym in Atlanta in 07, 07, March of 07, I believe was when we started. Um, so what is that? Is that 10 years? I know. I'm sorry. It's late here. It's 2008. <laughs> oh, wait, it's 18. So 11 years almost. Yeah, <laughs> almost 11 years. Um, and before that, I was um, I did sort of work my, for myself in real estate and things like that for a few years before that as well. Well, the reason I ask is I'm thinking like, okay, so you've got you've gained all this experience, and now you're kind of moving forward. So I I know that having that knowledge gives you the confidence to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. But um, I know there's also a lot of listeners that are really taking some risks in their lives to kind of either start a business on their own or start something on their own. And what is a big piece of advice that you could give to females especially that are kind of launching into something that's a big leap for them? I think it's incredibly important to have a, a group of mentors um, or even just girlfriends that you can bounce stuff off of. Um, it, what I noticed is as I got into business, especially initially owning the gyms, is that your your world gets very small because people don't understand um, what it is that you go through on a day-to-day basis. They don't understand the pressures that you have financially, um, the pressures that your customers put on you or your clients, um, and how you're, you know, you end up trying to be all things to all people, um, not just to your your customers and clients, but also then to your family, your kids, your husband, whatever you have in your in your life. So, um, and it's a very small group of people who do this. And, and when you're in it, you think, oh, everybody gets it. Everyone understands what I'm going through. But people, you know, if you think about it, when you were just, uh, not just, but when you, if you worked a normal, like a normal person and, you know, had normal hours instead of working 24 seven, which you tend to do as an entrepreneur, um, you didn't think the way um, that you think now as an entrepreneur. Um, so I think just having that group of, um, you know, it can be men and women, but I think women are really helpful just because they have a, just a, a better understanding. I think just as women, we have a different understanding of each other and we know some of the things that are um, important uh, to us. Um, and then not just mentors um, that have been doing this for a, a, a few years, but mentors that have been doing this for years and years and years. And here in Charlotte, we've been incredibly um, lucky to have run into a group, a great group of people. Um, I, Amber and I were in the same group at one point and then now she's um, she is there uh, by herself, and I'm doing a, a different group. But it's just, um, you know, kind of like what I was saying before, business is business, and you're going to run into the same sorts of things. And everybody always brings something wonderful to the table that you haven't thought of. And um, I think that's that's been the biggest thing. And some of the, the recommendations that these folks have given us have been just in- instrumental, things like they've helped us hire smarter um, different accounting suggestions, um, 
how to handle inventory, just, you know, kind of like they sound boring for a podcast, I think, but just really, really helpful from, um, you know, kind of increasing your top line and, and making cuts to the bottom line. So um, that's, that's my answer. I don't know, Amber, what would you say? What would you? No, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, the support piece of it is so huge and to have people, um, you know, that you can pick up the phone and call when you have questions, because, you know, we're, we're literally creating a business from scratch and, um, and there's going to be things that we don't know. And, and when you're super passionate about something, you're typically creating something from scratch. Um, and so anybody that is kind of going to go through the undertaking of, you know, going out and being an entrepreneur, having, you know, the right people around you is so important because it, they really can just bring so much value and you don't have to, you know, spend the time recreating the wheel, even though you are starting a business from scratch, you don't have to recreate the wheel on a lot of like the back end stuff that, you know, I wouldn't know. I came from sales and marketing for a bank and, um, and from the software industry. So there's a lot of this like operation stuff that I would just never know. Um, and I can, you know, spend, you know, a lot of time and effort and energy in trying to figure these things out for myself. But, you know, having, you know, people around you that have already done that is so important. And, um, we, like Melissa said, we were really lucky and we found um, a business group pretty early on and um, were able to lean on them. And, th- you know, there's people in my group that have everything from manufacturing experience to um, furniture sales, to real estate, to um, pipe fittings, <laughs> like just, um, you know, just this breadth of knowledge that sits in this room. But everybody seems to have the same issue you know, anywhere from a chemical company that is a $50 million company per year down to, you know, a little $1 million company. And, um, but they all seem to have the same issues and just having the people with that experience is, is so important. And so that's like the first thing that I would tell people, um, especially women that are looking to start their own businesses to, to find a mentoring, a business group, an entrepreneur group, um, you know, a startup group in your community. And some of them are paid and some of them aren't. Um, and I think both have a lot of value and a lot of benefit because your social group only puts up with it for so long <laughs> before they um, they start to kind of like stop inviting you places because you've said that you can't for, you know, three strikes and you're out rule. Um, and so just being sure that you're not on an island and that you're, you've got plenty of support behind you is really important. How do you guys think about setting goals for your business? Like, did you start out with a clear vision of like, okay, we want to get, I mean, I I know that you guys have talked about how it kind of evolved from being just something you sold at your gym to being kind of regional. And then now you, you know, are shipping nationally, but do you ever sit down and say, okay, we really want to get to point B or has it just kind of evolved naturally? I would say in the beginning, it was um, very natural. And it was, we were in more of a reaction stage. Um, Because our growth was quick, and it was fast and furious, we were having to be very reactive. Um, There's a lot of moving pieces and parts to the business. I would say in the past year, since we have um, rebranded to the Good Kitchen, we've actually implemented um, 
traction or rocket fuel, um, if you're familiar with those processes, and it's an, an EOS um, entrepreneurial management system. And so it helps us really get organized and dialed in on our goals and goal settings for the, the quarter and then again for the year. So we have these big company goals that everybody comes up with in our manager's meeting. And then from those goals, um, they're called rocks. And from those rocks fall out personal rocks for every employee. Um, so we actually have a specific system that we use for goal setting. Um, and it's been incredibly beneficial. Like it's night and day being proactive rather than reactive, especially in a business that has so many moving pieces and parts. So we're able to actually really plan out what the year is going to look like and not just like, oh, this would be fun. Let's do this. (laughs) When Joy and I started the podcast, or we always kind of talk about how if you had told us before we started the podcast that um, it was, you know, it was going to be like this, that we were going to record every single week and we were going to spend hours, you know, editing and posting and all these different things that it probably would have kept us from getting into it if we had known the amount of work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just like a little hobby for us. So, and I don't say that from like, you know, it's all positive, but do you feel that way? Do you feel like, man, this is something that we never thought would you know, never could have imagined what this process would be like, or has it been kind of what you expected? Um, No, I was totally naive to, to the amount of work that, that it would take. And that's actually something that I tell people that say they want to start their own business um, is it's going to be 500 million times more work than you think. um, And being able to create your own schedule is working 24 seven. Um, because I think a lot of, um, and I was certainly guilty of it when I was working in the corporate world, I was like, Oh my God, I want to make my own schedule and I want to be flexible. And I, you know, it was like, I had this very naive, um, understanding of what it meant to be an entrepreneur. And then when I went out, I was like, Oh wow. Flexible schedule means 24 <laughs> seven. Like there's not really, I don't really have the flexibility to set my own schedule because at the end of the day, it's my responsibility and, it, and it's on me. Um, And so I think it's important for people to understand that reality. And if you're passionate enough about what the, you know, what business you're going to go out and get started, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you and how hard it's going to be. And, and, you know, all the all the things that people try to talk you out of starting your own business, because people did that for me, too. And I was like, oh my gosh, no, this is going to be amazing. This is my calling. This is what I have to go and do. Um, And so in hindsight, I think, and I I think you're right, Claire, that in hindsight, I'm like, God, if I would have known it was going to be this much work, I probably wouldn't have done it. (laughs) But um, I think, you know, before you have the actual experience, it if it's passion, something that's burning inside of you, like you're going to go and do it. It's like that grass is always greener thing where you're like, oh, it'd be so great to own my own business. But I think what people don't realize too is like you, your heart and your passion is really what pulls you through this. And it is a lot of hard work. And it's not like that glorified, I get to make my own schedule and I get to run my own life. And it's like, no, this is really running you too. And you're doing it because clearly you have a strong passion for it. So um, is there anything that kind of like jumped out that was like, I did not expect this at all. Like you had a completely different like 180 view before going into it. I think I think it's mostly the the lack of sleep and then lack of social life. I was surpri- I was very surprised by that and I I still am 
maybe surprise isn't the right word. I think maybe frustrated is is a better word. But I think, and I think the reason that Amber and I are why we are on this earth and doing this together, this crazy thing called the good kitchen is because I think we're supposed to learn that we're supposed to enjoy the ride. And, and I, Amber and I both have been working really hard to take better care of ourselves, um, to schedule downtime, to schedule time with our families, make sure we're taking vacations because it's very easy as an entrepreneur to just, you know, work constantly. I mean, we do it anyway, but like to, to really make ourselves stop take an hour break during the day, actually eat food for lunch, um, you know, speak to your friends, pet your dog on, you know, pat your dog on the head, maybe even go for a walk or a run with said dog. Um, And if, you know, at all possible, you know, take a yoga class or go do CrossFit or go lift some weights or whatever it is. But it's, I, I think that, you know, when I, when I had the gym, I was doing some self care because I had to, because it, you know, I was within that type of a, of an industry. Um, now some of the physical stuff is not as easy to get done. So I'm having to really, really, um, consciously carve the time out for myself, carve the time out for my family and, and for, um, Amber and myself to, to meet and talk and, and also just to be friends too. It's, um, that's, that's another piece of this is, that is really funny. I think our friendship, oh, she may say differently, but I think our friendship is probably stronger than ever. Um, <laughs> she's shaking her head now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, um. I think all of this is just super important to just keep, you know, yourself healthy first. And, and we're as women, especially we don't ever, we don't want to put the oxygen on ourselves first because we think that's wrong, but it's not, it's right. We got to put, put that on first and then, you know, take care of those around us. And, um, Amber and I talk about that all the time and we're, we're always learning new voodoo as we like to say to, to kind of keep ourselves going in that direction. So I, I don't, like to think of like female entrepreneurs, because I'm like, we're all entrepreneurs, but it's it is the nature of what's going on. And uh, is there anything in particular that you feel as a female entrepreneur, especially going into this uh, business, that you feel that you've had to do differently or have felt any extra barriers? Maybe not. But I know you mentioned when we were kind of talking before we recorded or just, you know, through emails that you're like, the food world has a lot of negative noise. Um, I don't know if that has to do with being female or with being, you know, just starting out. But can you talk a little bit about, first of all, being a female entrepreneur, if there's anything different that you felt around that environment? Sure. You know, it's it's interesting because I don't, you know, I'm kind of with you on that. It's like, I don't really like to say, oh, female entrepreneur, we're all entrepreneurs. But at the end of the day, like there, there's a big difference um, when you're going out for funding. And, you know, female entrepreneurs are incredibly underfunded in the startup world. And so being cognizant of that going into um, a capital raise was super intimidating for me. Um, and it was, you know, it's a different world than what I'm used to. And, um, and you, you feel like you have to fight a lot harder for the legitimacy of your business. Um, because it, I feel like everywhere we turn, people are telling us that we can't do what we're doing successfully. Um, and so, you know, I feel like we have to fight for it a little bit more. Um, and it, that can be really frustrating and and it can be kind of a downer sometimes, um, but then we can also have some really fantastic experiences and people that really believe in what we're doing and they're amazing and they're super supportive. And a lot of the reason that they are is because 
we're two female entrepreneurs. So it can kind of work both ways um, with, with that piece of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some times where I feel like I have to be super scrappy just based on the fact that I'm a female entrepreneur. Cause Claire and I talk about this a lot too, like, especially just in the podcast world, especially we, <laughs> what was it Claire that you were, you were pulling up the stats the other day. It was only like 13% of podcasts have a female voice or something insane where it's like, yeah, 13% of podcasts are ho- are of top podcasts are hosted by women and like less than 30% of podcast episodes out in the world even like have a female speaking in them at any given moment. Um and I think, you know, to we kind of keep making this this um comparison of podcasting and entrepreneurship and you know, I I know that the the world that you guys are in is like so much more intense, but I think it's you know, anytime that you're kind of trying to blaze your own path, it's just interesting to come up against that, um, like that dichotomy of wanting to be like, no, like, I'm just doing this just like anyone else is doing this. But at the other on the other side, it's like, but there really is a difference when you're a female in any space, let alone in a male dominated space, like owning your own business. I think there's definitely been some moments like some, oh, you know, you're, you're so pretty or good job there, little darling, or, you know, we'll see that kind of a, that kind of an attitude. Um, I think I put the blinders on a lot and I think I just don't, because I think like Amber was saying, she's, you know, she's stubborn and she wants to get it done and it's going to get done. I do the same thing, um, which is good and bad. Um, so I think I just expect people to treat me fairly. And if they don't, then I just keep moving. I move on to the next you know, I call back, I get another person, I just I just keep moving. So I haven't noticed anything specifically, except for the fact like what Amber was mentioning is that, you know, women are um, quite underfunded in their endeavors. And it is, I will say it's, you know, every day in Charlotte, we open up our little, um, our Charlotte agenda or the the five or whatever that thing is called, Amber, sorry, I can't remember the name of it. But um, and you'll see another little article about some other company getting, you know, $5 million in funding and you know, whatever it is. And it seems like I'm sure they had to work very, very hard for that. But um, or even in the food business, you know, there's there's a lot of noise with um, all the different meal kit, kit companies and things like that. And, um, and even some of the smaller um, companies that are similar to us that are paleo ish. Um, and um, well sourced type type um, companies uh, getting funding, and you know we kind of we scratch our heads and we're like, gosh, you know, wh- why is this so hard? And um, we do get compared to to the the meal kits of the world a lot, and it it is it does feel like a like a um, just like it it just feels it feels a lot more difficult than it than it should be because um, we are um, you know we are successful and we are, we've grown uh, tremendously this year. And so um, we have a really good story to tell and we just want, we just want to keep telling it. And we want, um, we want folks to really understand what we do and get passionate about it. Just like the folks that we have found to help fund us so far um, and really get excited and put, put, um, put their money and their support behind us. So um, we just, we just keep looking and um, you know, for better or worse, I put some blinders on, I think Amber does too. And we just kind of keep, keep on keeping on. Um, but yeah, it would be really nice um, to see a little bit more support of a female owned businesses. And um, I agree with what Amber said too, with um, being two female um, entrepreneurs also has a really good side because um, it's something a little bit different, um, especially in the food world. So I, I have a question about just 
clearly it's so funny as you guys were talking, I was thinking about like some of the questions we discussed beforehand of like, how do you balance life? And I'm like, no one would ask that to a male. Like, how do you balance it all? I'm like, you know what? Like <laughs> no one would ask a dude that. So I don't even want to ask that question because I'm like, you guys are just kicking ass and that's so all true. that matters. So, um, you know, we fucking make shit happen. That's all we need to know. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even going to ask the stupid exactly balance question because I'm like, you know what? That's a bunch of bullshit. No one that. would ask a male that question. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to be a male hater right now, but um, I think what I want to move on to, I think what uh, I really want to want to kind of wrap up with too, as we're kind of coming to a close is the mission that you have around this and your vibe of this company I can feel it. I can feel it through the photos. I can feel it through, obviously, the meals that we eat are just, I can't say it enough. It is the best thing I've ever tasted in a meal delivery kit. Joy, will, we just text each other, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, and everyone's going to be like, we get it, you guys. But we will just text each other and be like, oh, my God, have you eaten the shakshuka or whatever? Like, it's so good. <laughs> Why is it so good? Every single meal. Magic. Grandmas. No. Grandmas. <laughs> Lots of grandmas. We, um... Yeah, grandmas and magic and a lot of woo-woo. No, um, we have, I mean, it starts with the ingredients. You know, we we really are, we are doing what we, we say that we are doing. And um, we are super transparent about how we're sourcing the raw ingredients. And so that's where it starts. Now, we have an amazing staff of chefs. Like they are phenomenal and they've literally gotten rid of all my recipes that I started with because they like, they were good. But then I try like some of chef Thomas and chef Brandon stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And so we have classically trained chefs that I have personally worked with um, quite a bit to just kind of get them on the paleo template train um, and the keto train and really understanding like what ingredients you can switch out and like where you can use these substitutions. And like, they have just taken it and run with it and they are phenomenal. Like I cannot speak highly enough about the skills that our chefs have. Like they're just so amazing and they do amazing R and D and it's so exciting when they are doing R and D because then we get to eat amazing food. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the staff and the care and the love and the really the dedication that they have to this product is unbelievable. Like we just have such a great group of folks, um, that, you know, are willing to kind of follow us into this mission and have the same passion for it. And I mean, we, we are so lucky in that. And it, and it shows it, it shows with the product, it shows with the food, it shows with the, the customer service that we have, you know, everybody is going above and beyond um, just what they deem their job at the company. Truly the quality of this food is phenomenal. And it's, it's gotta be the magic grandmas and all the other amazing love that you put into this company, but it's felt, I think like all of it really contributes to how, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I mean, Claire and I really do text about every single meal we get from you guys. It's like, and uh, my husband, the other day, I forgot to bring him dinner. And uh, I just had gotten one of my good kitchen shipments. And he was eating one of the shrimp dishes. And I came home and he was like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. What did you, what is this? And I was like, I told you, it's the good kitchen. It's so good. So um, 
but yeah, I mean, we truly mean it from the bottom of our hearts. But I, I also just kind of want to know, lastly, is like, what is a non-negotiable for you in this business? So it's like, what is you, what are you not willing to budge on or compromise on? Oh, the sourcing. Definitely. Yeah. You are what you eat eats. Is that the way you say it? You are what you eat. Oh, I like that. We you like are to, what we you like to argue eat about this eats. Over and over again. Yeah. yeah, I always get that messed up. <laughs> that- you are what you eat eats. <laughs> it's very important that your, your cow yeah. is eating delicious, wonderful grass without all kinds of stuff on it. And that your chickens are going out and actually pecking into the ground and eating little <laughs> bugs and grubs and things like that. Not just sitting in a room without any sunshine and barely moving and not able to support their own weight because they've grown so fast. And we've all seen those horrible videos, but Amber and I physically go and visit each one of the farms that we source from. We know the farmers very well. Um, we've, I personally had never seen chickens raised outside of like, you know, what you see in general, those institutional, those long buildings that like there's no sun and they can't get out. Um, and so we went to White Oak Pastures and they have these like, it's a shelter so that they're sheltered from the storm or from, they have hawks and eagles that try to go after them as well. So they have some shelter from those um, animals, but they are actually outside pecking in the ground, eating grubs like they're supposed to. And so therefore that gives us a incredibly healthy chicken making incredibly healthy eggs. And um, to us, that is the most important, not just, you know, this whole business started out with Amber wanting to feed her family and her friends in a healthy manner. And then, you know, it, from there, it expands out to the, to the rest of the folks that are eating this food. And it's really important to us because as we know, food is the building block of everything that happens. It helps us work out better. It helps us think smarter and make better decisions and be kinder to each other. So it's, it's the basis of everything that we do. And last question I have is because you're BFFs and you work together so closely, how do you continue to build that relationship? Because that's got to be a lot of stress that you're under. Well, we're not actually BFFs. We're actually BFFFs, which is best fucking friends forever. That's the kind of (laughs) friends we are. So hopefully that answers your question. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We have a good sense of humor. I think that's like the biggest thing is um, good sense of humor, honesty. Um, you know, Melissa's probably one of the only friends I've ever had that like, I can call her out on something or she can call me out on something. And at first you might be like, wait, you're being mean, but then you're like, ah, damn it. You're right. (laughs) Um, so I think there's, um, we're probably sisters from another lifetime at, at some point, but I think, you know, just that honesty and open communication, um, the sense of humor is super duper important. Um, and Did being able to, to laugh at yourself on a podcast um, and not take anything too seriously. <laughs> I said super That's duper. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's very true. Yeah. No. no. And I think just like from a logistical standpoint or whatever you want to say, um, we have also had like when things get crazy or too hard, you know, some of the business coaches that we've worked with have, you know, sat us down and kind of like almost done, not therapy, but almost like therapy, kind of like helping us facilitate a conversation that was difficult because some of this stuff is really hard. I mean, it's, it, you get in there, but I think like I was saying before, I mean, I think that's why Amber and I are mm-hmm. doing this together. I think we're supposed to, we're pushing each other way outside our comfort zones, like way, way outside. Um, and it's, you know, some of it's really painful, but a lot of it's a blast. So, I mean, I remember we, I forget a couple of months ago, we came in and we, we, we like to do something called a good thing. And I was like, you know what my good thing is? I get to come work, to work with my friends every day. And how amazing is that? So, um, 
it makes it it makes it amazing. So does it ever stop being a little bit terrifying to be an entrepreneur? Never. No. I, w- I mean, every every other day at all, I, w- I say to Amber, oh my God, last night I woke up in a cold sweat about this. Or, oh my God, last night I woke up in a cold sweat about this. I mean, it's it's not every night, but it's it's pretty frequently, <laughs> unfortunately. But Yeah. And sometimes like, it's just the most irrational yeah. fear. You're like, what the hell is wrong yeah. with me? Like, why am I scared of that? And like, because you'll have this like really big deal happening that like should scare the shit out of you, but it doesn't. And then you're like super crazy trained, scared of this like really irrational thing. And so it, it that that helps with the the humorous part of it as well. <laughs> but it's awesome that you guys have each other and that you can be supportive of one another. And I think especially like growing together in, in this huge way um, just brings you closer. So that's that's really awesome. So say your website and where everyone can find you, but also actually I'm gonna answer this. <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you first, and then I'm going to answer my own question. Thegoodkitchen.com. And what sets you, because I know what sets you apart, but it's like when people that don't know who you are, they think there's so many meal kit delivery (laughs) things out there right now. Um, And I'm not even going to name them because it's like, it's not even worth naming them. But I just want to kind of like highlight truly again, how different you are from everyone else. And what do you think that is? Because I feel like just the vibe that I feel from your company and the care that you put into this is so evident because Claire and I have been eating your meals for a while. But I just want to hear from you. Like, what do you think is truly your mission of what sets you apart from everyone else that's on that market? I mean, our our main goal and it's in our our mission is to change the way people think about food. And so when you go into starting a prepared meal company with that mantra, you're, you're not just making a meal to make money, um, you're making a meal to make change. And I think that that's, you know, at the root of what we do. And it's what differentiates us because we're trying to change our food system along with building this company. Um, and so the more that we can march to that changing the way people think about food, it makes it a much bigger thing. Lovely. Well, I think that's it. Unless uh, Claire, did you have any last minute questions or Melissa, anything else you wanted to add? No, thank you guys so much for joining us. This was great. I am looking forward to um, going to go upstairs and heat up my next meal. (laughs) Do you know what's so funny? So Amber and I, I know we eat the meals a lot ourselves. um, If we have extras left over from the week shipment, but we have been selling out for the last two weeks. So I have literally not had a meal in like two weeks. I mean, I've eaten a meal, but not a TGK. Well, so you can come to my house. I have have some. (laughs) It's so good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining the show. And uh, everyone, all the listeners know where to find find The Good Kitchen. It's at thegoodkitchen.com. And uh, thank you guys again for your time. 